Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Still not sure what I just saw, but the end result is the same. The Vegas Golden Knights are on their way to the Western Conference Final after one hell of a game on Friday night. Game 7 to the Golden Knights 3-0 Final. The Dallas Stars are up next. Welcome back, everybody, to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is officially Saturday, September 5th, 2020, and this is your post-game pod for the Golden Knights 3 to nothing victory over the Vancouver Canucks in Game 7 of their second-round series. The Golden Knights win the series and are on their way to the Final Four for the second time in three seasons. My name is Danny Webster. I am your host, and I do appreciate you stopping by. For today's episode, which we will break down almost every single facet of this game that we can to the T of the Golden Knights advancing. But really, I don't know how. I honestly don't know how. This game had all the workings of Vancouver winning Game 7 and pulling off the 3-1 reverse sweep and the Golden Knights going home by way of blowing another 3-1 lead. And it wasn't even just the fact that Vegas peppered Thatcher Demko with shots again. It wasn't even the fact that Vancouver really didn't have any didn't have a lot of shots to work with. It was literally literally nearly an identical script from last year's game 7 to this year's game 7. We'll discuss that all in full as much as we can, but my god, friends, what a game. What a game that was. What a game 7. Complete contrast from the Colorado-Dallas Game 7 we got earlier in the day. I have not covered a game that dumb and entertaining in my life. And I've covered a lot of dumb and entertaining games. Whether it be in college football or whether it be in hockey, I've covered a lot of weird games. This one was probably the weirdest and probably will take the cake. There are not many Game 7s that have you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Again, see Colorado and Dallas earlier today. This one, from the moment the puck dropped... You were on the edge of your seat for the entire game. But you also don't see many goalie duels that feature one goalie and have an occasional appearance from the other. On this day, though, it was not needed for Robin Leonard to stand on his head. Well, except for one particular save. But Robin Leonard, who, yes, got the start for the second night in a row after losing game six and Coming into today, the big question was, does Peter DeBoer play Marc-Andre Fleury? Does he go with the goalie rotation back-to-back, or does he really feel like Robin Leonard is the guy that can win him this series? Turns out, yes, he was. But fortunately for the Golden Knights, fortunately for Robin Leonard, a rather easy day for the Golden Knights goalie. 14 saves, only 14 saves. For Robin Leonard, and on a normal night, a goalie gets pulled for that many saves because he allowed three or four goals in the first 20 to 25 minutes. 14 saves, another pretty light, easy day of work for Robin Leonard, except for the one save that mattered the whole night. And yes, I'm talking about with 921 left in the second period. 
two-on-one, Horvat to Besser, Leonard goes right to left, reaches with the glove, makes the save, and if Robin Leonard doesn't make that save, the Golden Knights probably lose this game, and their season is over. That was probably, in a game that featured so many ridiculous saves by Thatcher Demko, who, by the way, on the ensuing shift, actually made a save while laying on his back and getting up on his knees and, and swatting away, I believe, a shot from Nate Schmidt. It was that kind of night for Thatcher Demko. But for, in a game that featured so many highlight reel saves from one goalie, it was that one, that one save from Robin Leonard that changed the course of this entire game. If he doesn't make that save, the game and season are over. The Golden Knights, who did this point, could not stop Thatcher Demko once again, or could not solve Thatcher Demko, and once again tried their damnedest for a third game in a row to make it happen, and for, through at least two periods, could not do it. Needed one play from their goalie, knowing he wasn't going to see a lot of action all night, much like he hasn't seen a lot of action through the entirety of this postseason run and really through the entirety of this series. Robin Leonard came up with the biggest moment of the night and kept the game scoreless. And that is really all Vegas needed from from their goalie tonight. If this game wasn't any more poetic, we actually saw a five-minute major called on the Golden Knights. And for this one, you can make the case, yes, that it should have been called. Ryan Reeves catches Tyler Mott up high, called for a five-minute major for a legal check to the head. He game ejection as well, so Reeves is off to the locker room. The Golden Knights are down to 11 forwards for the rest of the game. Here's the moment that should have been, okay, well, the season is over. Pack it up. Go home. Narrative, you are a very fickle thing, my friend. How the Golden Knights were able to kill a five-minute major to completely flip the script from last year is unbelievable. But even though they killed that five-minute major, and even though the penalty-killing unit was amazing all night, by this point, Vegas is going to lose this game. They have the edge in shots. They have the edge in ozone possession, all by a country mile. But you just knew that if the Canucks got one good screen in front of Robin Leonard, much like they did in Game 6, it was going to be over. It was going to be over the minute the Canucks would turn it up if the Golden Knights did not find a way to contain them and still find a way to score, it was going to be over. And to this point, the Golden Knights entered the third period at one goal through 160 minutes, and it would take another 13 minutes and 52 seconds before we finally got the first goal of the game. And who else? Shea Theodore. On a really, I thought this was going to be a design play by Peter DeBoer. He actually calls a timeout with six and change to go. Rarely do you see a timeout called that that early in a game, really. You don't see the timeout called until maybe like two minutes to go. DeBoer calls a timeout. Turns out it was just to get the power play one guy's a breather because they had been on the ice for so long. DeBoer calls timeout. Golden Knights go to the faceoff. Riley Smith wins the puck battle. As soon as he wins the puck battle, you see 71 and 61 just coming right in front of Demko. Shea Theodore rips one, beats Demko top shelf, doesn't even see it because Carlson and Stone are right in front. 
but talking for the last 24 to 48 hours about trying to get in front of Demko, trying to get in front of his eyes, try to shoot, try to get as many shots as you can in traffic. Demko doesn't see that one. Golden Knights score one to nothing. And at that point, it's the biggest sigh of relief in all of Las Vegas. It just engulfed the city. You just heard this ah, just completely overcoming the city. VGK has the lead. They limit Vancouver all night, continue to do so on the PK, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But Robin Leonard and the defense shut the door. Alex Tuck and Paul Stasny with empty neck goals. And the Golden Knights survive. Three to nothing. Really, it should be one nothing, but add the two empty net goals. Call it what it is. Three nothing final. And the Golden Knights survive and advance in one of the weirder series I have ever seen. I have never seen a series where the Golden Knights through four games are the clear, much better team. They dominate for three out of those four games. They are on the verge of putting the Canucks away early. A rookie goaltender goes in to the crease when your all-star goalie goes down. And the rookie goaltender literally does everything in his power. Literally everything in his power. To wield the Vancouver Canucks to two wins to force a game seven. I have never seen that in my life. And if not, and if things had gone a little bit differently, he would have stolen all three. But as a result, the Golden Knights are moving on to the Western Conference Final where they will meet the Dallas Stars. God help me. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Game one is on Sunday. We will discuss the Stars later on in the show. But an unreal sequence, an unreal game. And we have more to talk about. We will get you ready for Vegas and Dallas. But first, friends, today's episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar, one of the long-running supporters of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Built Bar is back with a brand new look, a brand new feel, and six brand new flavors. I'm talking caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. That already goes with their 12 original flavors, including coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, and my personal favorite, orange i love that flavor i cannot wait to try the uh, the apple almond crisp it sounds, it sounds like it's gonna be so good they are great for the health conscious person and help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low in sugar high in protein and they're also great if you're on a keto diet go to buildbar.com and use the promo code locked on to get ten dollars off your next order and that's promo code locked on for ten dollars off at buildbar.com you even get a free cooler with your purchase. You can't go wrong with free coolers. Coolers are awesome. BuiltBar.com to get $10 off when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. And as a reminder, friends, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. You can also send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com if that does suit your fancy. Also, I would indulge you to please leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, all of the ratings and the reviews are greatly appreciated, no matter what you think of the show, whether you think uh, this podcast is fun, whether you think I suck, whether you think whatever the case may be, all of it is greatly appreciated, and I do appreciate you for even listening today, because you are awesome. All of you are awesome. Just remember that. No matter what you say, no matter what you think about me, all of you are awesome. That's all I'm saying. All right, so there, there's still so much to discuss from this game because the fact that 
a five-minute major was called in this game is one thing. The fact that Robin Leonard got the start in this game is another thing. It's another thing in entirety for the penalty kill to be as great as it was tonight. So let's start there. Let's start with the penalty killing because I'm telling you what, when I say earlier that this game could have ended at any point for the Golden Knights, the Canucks could have won this game at any point. The power play was what was going to be the reason why. Because for the Golden Knights to do as well as they did in terms of shots and in terms of offensive zone time uh, at 5-on-5, when the Golden Knights committed four penalties, it gave the Canucks life. So if you're going to give the Canucks life, like I've been like I've been saying the last couple of days on this show, you give a young team life and you give them a chance to go into strike. So it is up to you to be as probably better than you've been to this point. And in terms of the PK, they were fantastic tonight. They were fantastic tonight because when you're at five on five, that's one way to give a team that can't get shots on goal, shots on goal. And that is immediately what I thought when Nick Waugh was called for tripping in the offensive zone. Because number one, it was another offensive zone penalty that could have been avoided. Number two, Vegas had done such a good good job of suppressing shots and keeping Vancouver away from the high danger areas. And really to the point, they only had two shots on goal in the first period. So they they weren't really getting anything. But four power plays, including the five-minute call, and the Golden Knights allowed two total shots on the penalty kill. Two total shots out of the 14 that Robin Leonard saved Two of them came on the penalty kill. And primarily, the heroes of the PK, Zach Whitecloud and Braden McNabb. Now, Braden McNabb has not had a good series. He really hasn't had a good postseason. McNabb was great on the penalty kill. And for the stints that he was out there today, Nate Schmidt was great as well. Whitecloud led Vegas with 7 minutes and 25 seconds of shorthanded ice time. Braden McNabb had 7.17. Those two were out there for the majority of the five-minute call. They were also out there for the majority. They were actually out there for the entirety of the first penalty, the walk penalty. They were out there for the major- for the entirety of that penalty. That was the other difference in that game. For those two to step up the way that they did, and for the PK to step up the way that they did, I think that is going to be one of the unsung parts of this game. And it's easy to overlook things like that when it's a low-scoring game and you're so focused on the goalies and you're so focused on the one goal that changes everything. This was the moment that I think defined the Golden Knights winning this game and winning this series. The other thing I wanted to talk about, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the five-minute penalty. There's going to be a lot of talk in the coming days whether Ryan Reeves will be suspended for this hit or not. And quite frankly, I don't... I am a horrible judging character because there are some times where I look at a hit and it's like, well, maybe it wasn't intentional, but then DPOS is like, well, probably, yeah, he actually did mean to hurt him. One game suspension, bam. In the case of Ryan Reeves' hit on Tyler Mott, I don't think that Reeves had any intent because it, it was his shoulder. If it was like an elbow or if it was like a forearm, then I could understand it. But if we're talking about a shoulder hitting him right square in the head, or at least maybe possibly Mott leaning in or Reeves inadvertently catching with the shoulder up high. I don't think at the end DPOS is going to suspend Reeves at worst, maybe a fine, but I don't think it's going to be a suspension. If it is, I'm actually, I'll be mildly surprised, but at the same time, if you're looking for consistency as far as how DPOS handles these kind of head shots, then maybe Reeves maybe gets one game 
but I don't, in the end, I don't think he will be suspended, but it was just so eerie when he got called for that. I just had flashbacks to game seven of last year and just how long that review took. I think what it took like 10 minutes or somewhere close to it. And then all of a sudden Egan's Egan's going to the locker room and then the sharks do what they did. And you know, all hell breaks loose. But again, for the Golden Knights PK to step up and barely, I think it was only one shot on that on that uh, Vancouver power play. Not only did they get that one shot off, and Vegas did a pretty good job of suppressing them to the outside and limiting their grade A chances. The other thing that I thought was very impressive, I know we talked before about face-offs maybe not being the most ultimate or penultimate situation, but to win two draws in the final 130, and to clear more time off that that power play was huge, especially with the way that Vancouver has killed this team in the face-off circle to this point. For them to win two draws and kill the rest of that time, I think that was a huge momentum boost, and I think it gave a lot of energy to the Golden Knights that were playing in front of Robin Leonard because, again, Leonard saw eight shots in the third period. He turned them all the way, obviously, but you know, to, to get that kind of reduction from your PK, even when Pete DeBoer said a couple days ago, that he didn't think that his PK was all the way there yet. It's there now. It's there now after that kind of night. Unbelievable. The other thing we do need, we do need to discuss is the goalie situation. Now, huge bullet dodged by Pete DeBoer. Huge bullet dodged by the front office. DeBoer answered five questions total this morning. Two of them were about the goalie. One of them, he didn't even give an answer, and he walked off the podium. And it would be one thing if he were rotating goalies at a normal rate, and it would be one thing if Marc-Andre Fleury got more than three total starts in the postseason, but it is what it is. You're in a back-to-back. You're in a situation like this. You even said yourself that you plan on rotating the goalies. You said that the best chance for uh, for the Golden Knights to win the Cup is that you're going to need both goalies. So popular consensus to me would dictate, well, like I would have said yesterday, have him go in six, he loses, you have Leonard for game seven. But this was a very interesting situation in that Robin Leonard did not see a lot of shots in this series. And the goals that he's allowed, not his fault. So you're in kind of a conundrum because you can't really blame him, but do you really go with a cold flurry in a game seven? To me, that's why I said I wouldn't have been surprised if Leonard got the call again tomorrow. But again, it would have been such an important moment for the Golden Knights had Robin Leonard gone out there, done as well as he did, and the Golden Knights still lost. Because then heads would have rolled. And the fact that they escaped this and were able to win Game 7, and especially with all the narrative and everything that was stockpiling from what happened with that major call and everything else in between... Huge bullet dodged, if you are the Golden Knights. But even saying last night that Leonard was probably going again if he didn't see a lot of shots on Thursday, to make the comment that De- that Peter DeBoer did this morning where he said that the thought process of going with the goalie, the, the choosing the right goalie, had more to do with who gives you the best chance to win, the minute he said that, I thought he opened Pandora's box. Because if Flurry didn't go, man, what would that have looked like next season? What would that have looked like in the offseason? If you did not go with Flurry in Game 7, and you went with Leonard, and you said that we were going to go with a goalie that gives us the best chance to win, and you would have lost, what would that have meant for this offseason? 
Fortunately for the Golden Knights, they get a little bit more time to figure that part out, especially if they don't make it to the Stanley Cup final. But this is why Peter DeBoer now is 5-0 and in Game 7s. And I said last night, if Vegas didn't win, Flurry had been on the bench, heads should have been rolling. And it likely would have been. And had Vancouver continued to press on, they probably would have found a way to break through. But Leonard won with his third shutout of the series, which is impressive. And I, and I, I get it. 14 saves may not look like an impressive shutout. You get three in a series, that, that's, that's number one goalie material right there. And they can at least dispel the goalie talk and the organizational failure talk that I put into the ether last night for at least another round. But I did say, if the Golden Knights got to the conference final, this season would have been a success. So by all and large, call this season a success for the Golden Knights. That is the way it goes. Obviously, it would be disappointing if they did not get past Dallas. But for right now, this season is a success. The Golden Knights accomplished what they needed to do when they fired Gerard Gallant, they hired Peter DeBoer, and when they traded for Robin Leonard, they did what they needed to do. They got the job done. The thing is, though, we're never going to hear the end of this. It's the way that it is. We are going to be hearing about the goalie talk every day until the Golden Knights lose and are knocked down the playoffs or until they hold the Stanley Cup. We are going to be hearing about this for the rest of time, at least for the rest of this uh, trip in the bubble, but they get a date with the Stars on Sunday. And it's a completely different opponent than Dallas or Vegas really have seen before. And I think it's going to be one really good series. It's going to be really fun to watch these two teams play. Let's talk about the Stars, shall we? Because, man, oh, man, what a game that was for the Dallas Stars to get on the board in Game 7, have Colorado basically match them tit for tat. And finally, out of everybody who could have contributed in this game, Joel Kiviranta with a hat trick, the game tying and the game winning goal in overtime to give the Stars a 5-4 win in Game 7 against a valiant Colorado team that was out that was without their top two goaltenders. They were without Gabe Landeskog in Game 7. They were without a lot of key contributors. So Colorado, for the fact that I know we're, how good they are, but the fact that they were even able to battle back from 3-1 down to tie the series with Michael Hutchinson in goal, they are to be commended for that. And the, and the Colorado Avalanche should really hang their heads high, even though they should, have, they should be where Vegas is right now. But it is the Dallas Stars, and the Stars are in the Western Conference Final for the first time since 2008. They will be looking to make their first trip to the Stanley Cup Final since 2000. And this series is really going to test my mental resolve. <laughs> The series that I have wanted so badly since the Golden Knights came into existence, the, my, the team that I grew up rooting for as a child to the team that is my hometown team, but the team that I cover and the team that I would like to keep going so I can continue to do work this summer or this, yeah, this summer, they are now meeting in a best of seven series to figure out who will represent the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup final and the only thing that I wish was that it weren't in a bubble. The thing that I wish is that it were in T-Mobile Arena. It would be in American Airlines Center. It would be 
the most ideal situation. I get to go to both cities. It would be awesome. It would be amazing. But alas, we are watching these games in a bubble. Game one is on Sunday at 5 p.m. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't believe the schedule has been released in full to this point. It might be released tomorrow once game seven between New York and Philly wrap up. But if I'm going to make a guess and if they're going to plan on starting the Stanley Cup final possibly in late September, I think they're going to go every other day. I don't see any reason why it would need to go back to back. And plus, with the Eastern Conference joining Edmonton, so you have to, you have Tampa Bay in the winter of Philly and New York in uh, Edmonton, you're probably going to go every other day with each game. So Western Conference would be on Sunday, Eastern Conference would be on Monday, and it would rotate, rotate, rotate. That's at least how I would see it. I don't think there are going to be any back-to-backs because we're at the point in the calendar where I don't think there needs to be, but we'll see how it looks. But this series in general is going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a different challenge than I think either of these teams have seen to this point. You look at it from Vegas's point of view. It's a veteran team with an infusion of youth that can scare you at any given point. You thought Vegas was having trouble with Quinn Hughes late in this series. Here comes Miro Hiskinen, who is lighting the world on fire from the blue line for Dallas. He is emerging as a true star defenseman in this league. You also have John Klingberg, who has had a terrific series, a couple of game-winning goals in the playoffs. He has been fantastic. And then, of course, you look at the guys up front, you have Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Alex Radulov, Rupe Heinz, Denis Gurionov, and now you have Joel Kiviranta, who, I mean, after a hat trick, how do you take him out of the lineup? He was in for Andrew Cogliano tonight. How do you even take him out of the lineup? It doesn't make any sense to me if you would do that. But it's a team that is loaded with talent, but I've talked about it with Dallas before. The offense came out of nowhere because even in the round robin and even in the first couple of games against Calgary in the first round, Dallas's offense wasn't up to par. Now, they've exploded for goals lately, but you have to remember who they faced in the playoffs to get to the Western Conference Final. They faced a Calgary team, which, you know, far be it for me to talk about goaltending. The Calgary Flames do not have the best goalie tandem, and you went with Cam Talbot the entire time, and finally went with David Riddick in Game 6. Not an ideal situation. You go against Colorado... They lose Grubauer, and then they lose Francouz, and then you got to worry about going after Michael Hutchinson. Again, not the most electric goalie tandem. The Golden Knights are going to, going to possess the greatest challenge for Dallas as far as in the net goes. Now, in front of Leonard and in front of Flurry, whoever it might be, I mean, obviously we know it's going to be Leonard, but if they do alternate at some point, then if Vegas commits too many unforced errors, which is what they did in the round-robin game, the very first round-robin game in which they played each other, a couple of unforced errors here and there, and Dallas is right in this game. As for Vegas, this is a team they can exploit. This is a team that doesn't have... I'm not saying that Anton Kudobin wasn't great in this series. For the most part, he was fantastic. But Dallas can give up goals. And if you can put up a lot of goals on Dallas, and if you can neutralize them just like you did Vancouver in this series, you're in pretty good shape. You're going to be in pretty good shape. If you can take away the top guys, and if you can somewhat, 
I know it sounds difficult, but if you can somewhat contain Haskinen and Klingberg, you're in good shape to win this series. I think Vegas is the better team. They have the better goaltending right now. And I think overall, they have the most depth. Whereas Dallas has a lot of depth, but it's a lot of young depth. And I think we need to wait a little bit for Dallas to utilize that young depth in order to eventually ascend to the top of the NHL. But for me, I look at this series and I say, what is going to be the factor? It is going to be goaltending. And if you do decide to roll with Ben Bishop, you better hope that he's ready to play. Because the Golden Knights can exploit Ben Bishop. They can exploit Anton Kudobin. They can make life tough on the Dallas goalies, especially if they dominate the shot chart like they did. Because for as well as Vancouver played in this series, as far as on the back end, when they were clearing pucks and they were eliminating second chance opportunities, that's where you can get Dallas. Because if you because if you get one shot on there and there's a rebound, you got a pretty good chance of potting in a couple of rebounds. So Vegas has to just continue what they've been doing for the last three, four, five games, translate it over to Dallas. Again, it's going to be a completely different challenge. But I look at Vegas being the better team in this situation, and I think Vegas wins it in six. But man, I'm still going to have a really... Whew, I'm going to have a really weird time watching this. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to have a very interesting time watching this series and see how it unfolds. Because again, watching the team that I grew up cheering for along with the team that is from my hometown and the team that I cover. So obviously I have to be a neutral party in this, but I'm not going to lie. It's going to be weird to watch this series and it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be weird. I'm not really going to care who wins, which is a good thing. But obviously, if I want to keep on working well into the summer, heading into the fall, you'd want Vegas to win. So I'm going to take the Knights in six because I think Dallas can steal a couple of games. But I just think right now Vegas is on a mission. They have proven to the world that they can win a game seven. They can win when the pressure is on. But now it's a whole new series. Game one is on Sunday. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to get started with this. So the plan is at some point I am going to connect with the guys over at Lockdown Stars and hopefully do a crossover episode at some point next week. But Monday will be the post-game pod for game one. Again, Sunday at 5 o'clock is game one. So post-game pod will be on Monday. And we will break that down and get you ready for game two. And then at some point we will discuss uh, me and the guys at Lockdown Stars our thoughts on this series. So be on the lookout for that. The Golden Knights are in the Western Conference Final, ladies and gentlemen. And, and again, that didn't seem plausible two games ago, or that, that didn't seem plausible 24 hours ago after losing two games. But the Golden Knights are in the Western Conference Final. They are four wins away from going back to the Cup Final. And I'll tell you what, if this team keeps on rolling the way they are, they might have a good chance of winning at this time. So, that will do it for me, everybody. Thank you for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing, all of that jazz. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK, and you can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21 to get all the updates on the show and get all of your VGK news. So that will do it for me, everybody. Thank you again. Hope you enjoy the game. That was a lot of fun. We will be back Monday for Game 1 of the Western Conference Final between the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. Until then, my friends, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a good weekend, everybody.